Welcome to the Ozark United Methodist Church podcast for Tuesday, March the 2nd. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me tonight, we've got... Jacob Schneider. Brad Vino. Melissa Vino. And thanks to everybody who is joining us on the live stream tonight, whether you're on the uh, Facebook page or the YouTube channel, and to those who are catching the podcast in your preferred podcast player, whenever and wherever you are. This week, we are discussing our sermon from Sunday, uh, what we, the church, are called to do and be about as we uh, as we cross that bridge to extend the metaphor that we've been using the sermon series. Uh, it's all part of, again, our Lenten sermon series talking about yeah, what we do after we have made that statement of faith, after we say we believe, then what? Uh, we're going to get to that and more, but before we do, would anybody like to open us up with a word of prayer? Nobody has to. Not everybody would, jump on it at once. I would, <laughs> I would be overjoyed to lead in prayer. Let's pray. Thank you. Lord God, we are thankful. We are grateful. Uh, we praise you for today. We praise you for wonderful weather and uh, just the the glimpses we are getting of coming spring. Um, I, I pray that you would continue to uh, walk with us as we journey along this Lenten season. And God, I pray as we gather tonight that you would continue to speak to us. Uh, just be in our conversation um, and let it be uh, honoring to you. Uh, but we love you and praise you pray all of this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So we didn't do this last week. Uh, we had a lot of things going on. A bunch of us, a few of us did. Uh, so let's catch up a little bit. I know we all saw each other on Sunday, but what's everybody been up to? I guess we should probably start with the big stuff because there are probably people who haven't asked you yet. So they're probably wondering, how are you doing with your, with your heart stuff? What do you feel like telling us? <laughs> what can you tell us that, you know, because I know there's a whole lot of discovery yeah. going on and how yeah. are you, I guess is well, the, I, the big question. First of all, so, <laughs> I am good. I am good. Um, no, the reason why we didn't meet last week, we had some other stuff going on, but, um, I had a little episode on last Sunday, a week ago, Sunday, um, just a racing heart and found out I have, atrial fibrillation, which I've probably had since birth, and um, it's not life-threatening or anything, and there's a kind of a, they put me on some meds just to control that, and um, there's a chance I could have a, you know, an outpatient surgery to um, potentially permanently fix it, but I feel good. Um, otherwise, the health is in pretty good shape. I could lose a few pounds, but <laughs> me too. other than that... Good. <laughs> we, we need to start the uh, yeah the uh, the weight loss club at the church or something. Yeah. Hold each other accountable. Well, good. How about you guys? What have you guys been up to? How have things been with you two? Well, when did last week? Did we come back from Colorado last week? Was that just last week? <laughs> two weeks ago. It all runs two together. <laughs> We've been over two weeks. Were we in school last week? I completely lost track of when the snow days happened, when we were out of school. I worked a full week last week. (laughs) Clearly, I don't. Oh, we did. Yeah, we had Valentine's Day parties on Friday. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, two weeks. Two weeks late. Two weeks late. Yeah. 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 It's. It's good. Life is life's. uh, Yeah. But that's it. The snow. Yeah. After the vacation and the and the snow threw us off you know it's just back in the 
kind of our routine and getting back to work and back to church and those things that we do. So yeah, um, it's, it's been good. Um, and I was remarking to my mom last night, we had, um, lunch with Liz a week ago, Sunday, we had the boys over last Tuesday for dinner. We had dinner with Tess and Cody on Saturday. So just getting to hang out with our adult children, we're getting to do that a lot more lately and making a real effort to do that. And that's been a, a real joy to, to have that adult relationship with your kids. Um, it's a neat thing. So <laughs> I look forward to kicking mine out of the house when they become adults. <laughs> I can't wait till they're adults. And then they realize they, they really don't know everything. Uh, it'll be, it'll be different. No, you'll, you will be cool again. Not soon, but, but someday. That, that requires having, that requires having been cool at some point to be cool again. So, all right. Well, let's 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 jump into it. Let's talk a little bit about the sermon from last week. Uh, we've talked about cultivating Christ-like character, um, and as much as the conversation or the sermon was about the church, it was really still focused individually. I mean, yes, the church. We have to re- lean on each other, support each other, hold each other accountable, challenge one another, uh, but it's still very much focused on what we individually should be focused on as we cross this bridge, this, this finite amount of time we have right now. Um, the scripture references again, were Matthew five uh, verses three to 11. And then first Peter chapter two verses 20 to 23. What were some of the things from last Sunday, either as you were preparing the sermon or as we were listening, as we were participating in service, uh, what are some of the things that jumped out? Some of the questions that came to mind, some of the things that um, maybe we want to explore a little more in conversation and in detail since we've got this time together to do that. And it's just wide open. Jump in anytime. All right. Well, I'm going to throw this out there first because Jacob's saying, I mean, I, you know, growing up, I've always heard the bride and the bridegroom and that Jesus is waiting his, his bride, the church. Um, I heard that. I don't know how many times. And and I always just kind of thought of it uh, as the love part that Jesus loves us like a bridegroom loves a bride kind of thing. But I never thought of it as far as, the, as from the side of the anticipation of um, a bride coming to the bridegroom. And so it made me start to think about how I felt on our wedding day and just the excitement but like butterflies but i couldn't have been any happier than i was that moment walking down the aisle kind of thing so i know how i felt about it but i'm curious like what you all you know what was what was the feelings like for you guys because i know how exciting it would be you know thinking about that like i know how exciting it is on my side but you know what 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 do you guys have to say about that? <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm Brad, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go I, ahead. We could go in in order of duration or something. Yeah. I, so I I was just married uh, um, not quite five years ago, um, and so we we did a first look. Um, and specifically, so I wouldn't be a weepy ball bag 
um, during the ceremony. Um, but that first look, I was just, and those of you who know me and have experienced this, when I get emotional, whatever that emotion is, it comes out in tears typically, even when I'm angry or whatever. But uh, I was just so completely overwhelmed with just emotion. And, and I was expecting to see her for this first time, but it I was just overcome and I just wept. <laughs> and um, Yeah, I don't know that's that's about all just just that feeling of just completely being overwhelmed emotionally and otherwise and uh, that in fact that's that's the one thing for that day that i remember the most clearly um and then her coming down the aisle um of course there was a, that emotion with it but you know the the initial emotion i had got out of the way so that's sweet Brad, do you want to go? I, well, I'm thinking in terms of in terms of length and dirt, you know. How, no, that's true. Yeah. Brad's turn. Yeah, I'm going to leave the room now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or just just cover your ears. We'll give you a visual sign on the Zoom when it's time to you listen again. <laughs> and we've talked about it quite a bit. Well, for those that don't know, we have, you know, people that have joined the church since we got married, but we did get married out at the church, out at the cross, on the property there. And... There was a lot of emotion wrapped up in that day because we were having an outside wedding and it was supposed to rain. <laughs> so there was a lot of nervousness and fretting over whether this was actually going to happen, or if we were going to have to move it inside, or how this was all going to work. <laughs> it was also very windy that day. So um, when we got our first look, it was out there by the cross. It was out in the field. And so... Um, that that was emotional but the other thing for me i don't always react big time to things um i'm pretty even keel and that kind of thing so <laughs> i wanted to make sure that i had the proper reaction and did have a good reaction <laughs> and didn't just say oh you look nice that's great you know <laughs> so um but she was stunning and beautiful, even with your veil blowing across, blowing your, across face. your face because it was so windy, <laughs> which is a funny wedding picture that we have. Um, and then, yeah, the, and the emotions of seeing you then show up on the hayride with my cousins, which was also funny. That's a funny story. That's a funny story. That's, um, that's another time. And, and, and get off with your dad and, and then come down the aisle. Um, down down the aisle which was uh, again chairs set up in a field but uh just a stunning day out there by the cross so but the anticipation of the day was was there was a lot <laughs> there was a lot going on that day for sure very good so yeah uh it'll be 20 years this october Woo! Woo! and and I think part of it is because there hasn't been much time for reflection or introspection in those 20 years that for both of us, because we've had this discussion before, as much as we can say the right things, neither one of us really, it was such a blur 
because mm-hmm. of everything going on, because there were high emotions and tons of activity and people ordering this, that, and the other around, that it, it's kind of lost almost. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, we know it happened. We know mm-hmm. that we're, we know we got paperwork that says it happened. There are, fo- there's photo evidence that this happened, but yeah. it was such a blur that you know just keeping it honest i mean i can say all the all the same things you've both said and be right and be honest and be telling the truth but i don't know that i really have those memories as much as i have the that's that yes that happened but the details are not even hazy they're just like they're there and they they're just not there for immediate recall. <laughs> they would require sitting down and looking at photos of me and, and getting her side of what that photo is and my side of what that photo is and figuring out where the truth of what that photo is in the middle there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it was such a, a blur. And like I said, the 20 years since have had, there's not been much sleep since then. So it's, it's kind of a haze, but we do have evidence. So. Well, I think I, I hear that in making the the connection between Christ and his church, which are, which, you know, marriage is to be a reflection of and, and even the wedding day. And that's a, just that initial step of making, entering into that covenant. I think, I think that's kind of, kind of cool, actually. I mean, because um, it, it's not so much the day of, as we all know, uh, I'm with you. I, there's very little that I remember from that day. I do remember, you know, that first look, but very little. Um, but what I do have, and you know, the love for my wife is is, is so much more than it was then. And, you know, all of these things, and I remember mostly our the life that we've created together since that. And I think, you know, entering into that union with Christ, Christ, and this kind of consummation of this relationship between Christ and the church. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's all about, you know, after that initial coming together, it's, it's the, the life lived and the experience of being in the presence of Christ. I mean, so I, I think that's cool. Yeah, that's a good question. And if we have people that are watching, because I know we do, I see you guys. So hello. Uh, feel free to type your comments as well. Either either side, if you were the bride or the bridegroom, let us know kind of what how you felt uh, as well. I think that would be good to hear from other folks too. Go ahead. And I think it's neat to think about, you know, when you think about you know, when you were talking about being overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed the first time you saw Kira and and talking about the anticipation and the excitement and the word overwhelmed is exactly what I, I think it's going to be like when I stand before Christ, completely overwhelmed. And so, you know, you think about, okay, how overwhelmed you felt then just, I mean, it's, it's mind boggling to think of what that's going to be like, you know, then. Yeah. Wow. And it, you're not in that you're not thinking about all the preparations. You're not thinking about all the other stuff of that yeah. day. You're just in that moment, just completely taken. So, yeah, yeah that I think you're right. Very good. What else? What other thoughts, questions? Um, 
was there something that I mean I think I think as we get into the discussion I think we I think we got it but was there anything in particular that you wanted to emphasize uh, or make sure that you know you reemphasized here or reiterated here to make sure that we understood because I I have thoughts as well and I'm sure Brad does and I'm sure Melissa has more as well but um, just kind of take a chance take your opportunity here to to kind of make sure that we we got it whatever it was for this sermon uh, what is it that you were trying to drive home here yeah, I think the the simplicity of it and the consistency of scripture as it as as scripture relates to us that end that goal and and then what it means for us. Um, and I I will continue to emphasize that that end that goal that we are created for. I I do it probably in every single sermon series, if not every single sermon that we talk about. Um, because it's that important. Um, but tying that into, okay, then what next for us? And then seeing that consistency, you know, even from the Gospels to the Epistles, from Matthew to um, to First Peter, um, and, and acknowledging that, you know, this life we're called to do, um, it is more like taking up our cross and following, you know, it's denying ourselves, taking up our cross. There's, there's a struggle involved there because the upside down world we're seeking to live into the kingdom reality. Um, we're trying to do that in a world that is upside down and inside out and all of that. Um, so it, there's, there's a clash there, um, which we all know and experience to some degree. Um, and and so I, I I think it's just that it's it's that simple. It's you know to, the twofold nature is that God's kingdom is coming. Um, we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. Um, it, yeah, I, the the sermon is not much more complicated than that. Right. Um, intentionally so. So. Uh, Deb Bell did chime in on Facebook. She's watching along said that, uh, they were both very happy. Just, just happy. Uh, small wedding with family, close friends, a small chapel, almost 43 years ago. So, wow. That is uh, a good long time. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to talk about, so you had, you'd made a statement during the sermon and I want to clarify kind of what you were saying as I, th- again, I, th- I think I know what you're saying, but I want to clarify. I want you to say it in your words, not me and mine. Um, we talked about Christ as the example of what we should be trying to cultivate as far as our attitudes and our actions, you know, those types of things. You said at one point, Jesus didn't say, copy me. Jesus said, say no to yourself, take up your cross and follow me. In your mind, what's the difference between those two? Between copy me versus yeah. follow me? I, I think, you know, semantically, probably not much. But um, I think the distinction, because that's generally, it's not about Jesus as a moral example, merely a moral example. I, that's the point I was trying to emphasize. It's not merely a moral example, right? Um, um, he is an example, and and the First Peter passage points, you know, it basically says you follow, 
my example, follow this example, follow the example of Christ. Um, but it's not merely a moral example because I, I, I emphasize that because Jesus can be treated as merely a moral example. Right. Um, when in reality, he is the inaugurator of this absolutely new reality, um, has made this new reality effective, has um, cleared the way for us to experience that reality even here and now. Um, so it's not just act like Jesus and then everything will, you know, fall into place because like, like I said, you know, that's like trying to imitate Patrick Mahomes, trying to throw a ball, football like Patrick Mahomes. If all we're called to do is to imitate Christ, well, we're doomed to failure from, from the starting blocks. Um, right. So it has to be more than that. And I think, you know, especially the beatitude, the Sermon on the Mount, especially the beatitudes, and then First um, Peter's emphasis on the nature of the the struggle it will be uh, to really live into that. Um, I think that's what I was getting at more than anything. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know if that helps or. Helps yeah, no, I, it, I think it does a little bit. I, the reason that stuck out to me. Um, and I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to ramble because these are how the thoughts have been going around in my head for the last couple of weeks. They're not coherent. So I probably won't be either. Um, but the kids, the older children, um, have filled out their crew applications over the last few weeks because they were due in the last couple of weeks. And one of the questions on there was, what is your relationship with Jesus? And of course they filled it out. They did theirs. And then my kids being my kids, um, did the one sentence answers because, you know, I told them to fill it out. They didn't want to do it because I told them to. But so it was the passive aggressive, you know, here's the one sentence. I, yeah. Look, dad, I filled it out so you can turn it in for me. Um, but oh, I yeah, started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is what you would expect from crew age children. Yes. Uh, but so I was thinking about that as well. Those questions that they were answering. And that's one question for whatever reason, sent me into a little bit of a funk, to be honest, over the last couple of weeks, because my answer, if I'm being honest, was, you know, I don't know. Never met the guy. He wasn't here. He didn't stick around. And it kind of bummed me out for a while. Yeah, we have the Holy Spirit. Um, we don't have Jesus. We have the testimony of witnesses. We have scripture. We have the word. But Jesus didn't hang out to meet me. If that sounds in a weird way, and I know I'm putting the emphasis on the wrong parts of it or whatever, but that's the way we're in through my head. I don't know. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I have a relationship with Christ's followers. I have a relationship with the word, with the Holy Spirit, but I haven't met the guy yet. I'll meet him on the wedding day that we are talking about, which is kind of, for whatever reason, like I said, kind of took me down kind of a bummed out path over the last couple of weeks to realize that... I don't have a actual relationship with Jesus, if that makes sense. Actual I can't, I, yeah. or just, yeah, it's, yeah, we, we see Christ in others. We, we have, you know, with the Holy Spirit, we have all those things, but you know, to your uh, sermon series that, you know, you preached recently, we have the witness of others. We have the love of Christ in the actions of others. 
but none of us have seen Jesus. We don't have a relationship with Christ. Christ has not spoke to any of us that I'm aware of. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people feel differently, but I, I just, for whatever reason that was in my head. And so we have this example we have, you know, uh, to, to continue down that weird bummed out path. If times it has felt like here, I did it. I lived it. Now go do likewise. I'm out. Catch you on the wedding day. It's kind of felt that way at times in my life. And for whatever reason, thinking about those things kind of sent me down to that bummed out place again of, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's it's a weird thing to, to have in your head. Well, I think, yeah, I hear you totally. I mean, obviously, Jesus is not walking this earth and we don't have that physical contact. Um, but I, I think... The promises Jesus makes, like Matthew 28, um, lo, I'm with you until the end of the age. And um, his promises of sending another who will come after him and, you know, will always, you know, walk with him, be with him. Um, essentially promising that he will never leave them, us, the disciples, therefore us, who are in Christ. Um, and so, I mean, that brings up the whole discussion of the the nature of the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit. Um, um, and I always talk about the Holy Spirit as the continued presence of God, the continued presence even of, of Christ in our midst. Um, I will send you another advocate, helper, one who comes alongside you. Um, and to, to, uh, to Jesus' point, like, um, whatever you do to the least of these you do unto me when you, you know so you know when we see christ through others we are truly seeing christ and interacting with christ in that way um it's not a you know biological physical interaction but right that is I, the presence of christ and so yeah go ahead I, no i i can intellectualize all of that i can repeat that same scriptures doesn't help in the moment yeah when you're in yeah. that funky spot where you're just like wow yeah jesus isn't here is he it it doesn't it it helps i guess to have that but at the same time in the moment it doesn't if that makes sense i don't know again i'm just articulating the thoughts as they in the emotions and the feelings and all of that that's kind of been bummed me out for the last couple of weeks. So anyway, well, I, I wouldn't get discouraged in that because I think, right. No, I think we all go through those moments and those right. phases and those times. And it's not even, I was, I was about to say those times where we doubt, but it's not a doubt thing. I have no doubts. It's just that weird feeling when you're in that spot of, you know, that feeling of, you know, I'm not alone. I know, but Jesus isn't here, if that makes sense. Yeah. The, the absence of God. I mean, we, all of us, I think, at one time or another, for whatever duration of time, you know, have those episodes where we just seems like God is absent. And God is absent of the world, and it feels lonely, and it feels um, scary, honestly, in my experience. Um, 
but those are always temporary, short lived. Mm-hmm. And it's usually when I'm not, when I'm either one distracted or two not intentionally focusing on a relationship with Christ. Um, you know, using what he's given us to encounter him in that way. So. I think for me it was no, the opposite. I think for me it was the opposite. It was the uh, intentional trying to focus during Lent and being like, "Am I doing this in a vacuum?" I know I'm not, but it's like you know, there's no there's no Jesus sitting here with me. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird spot to be in. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, I'll get off the couch and let somebody else have their time. What other questions or comments or thoughts do you guys have from this past Sunday's sermon? I actually kind of want to run with where you were going there, Joey, because mm-hmm. I think if you were to put that question in front of anyone, not just a teenager, it would be hard to get more than a sentence or two out of it because it is kind of hard to articulate. Mm-hmm. I can say that I have Christ in me um, or Christ walks next to me. You know, but again, spiritually, what does that mean? You know, I'm walking with Christ. I have Christ in me. Um, when you talked about Christ as a moral example, I feel like I have Christ in me here, you know, cause I've got his teachings and his examples that I want to try to try to follow. Um, but that, like I said, it's hard to articulate what is my relationship with Jesus other than I'm a believer and I try to be as Christ-like and as good a Christ follower as I can be. It feels like a lot of times we fall back on the buzzwords, the safe words, the words we're, yeah. we know we're supposed to use because that's what that's we heard it. in church. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a, a separate language we're all speaking, and especially someone who's new to it or just somebody who's naturally just skeptical or just, you know, someone who's just thoughtful, who's plain thoughtful, um, struggling with all of that so i i get it and it quite honestly i'll i'll speak from for me like i use that language unknowingly right it's just you know i'm great yeah like everybody else um and but there there were times in my life where i did not speak that language and i you know was trying to figure out what in the world people were meaning by this language and questioning everything and all of that um so yeah I, it, it's almost like you 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 learn the language by default and i mean the language is just a language language is just a sign pointing to a deeper reality so whatever we call it we it, it has to have some reality behind it so being able to articulate that is sometimes difficult without using specific language that's unique to yeah but it's something that i think uh you know we've talked about before that we all need to know what our story is so that when we are trying to articulate that to somebody who's not a christian and starts asking us questions that we're not just you know regurgitating the language and they're like well what does that mean you know that that doesn't make any sense to me so it i think it is important to be able to sit down and and look at it and be like okay how would i explain this to to somebody who doesn't know christ yeah and it makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah we do have uh go ahead 
good. I was going to say one of the things that I did write down when you were talking about that Jesus is not just a moral example was that I wrote down that if if we just took him as a moral example, we'd miss out on a lot of stuff. Like I feel like if you're just using Jesus as a moral example, you're missing out on grace and mercy and and the spiritual gifts that you're given and you know all, all the other things that come along with it um, yeah. with the the relationship part um but if you're just using him as a moral example because i i know people who have said well i think the bible's just a book about living a moral life and it's just kind of a moral guide I'm like okay well uh, that's a start that there's so much that, more that, to that's it. certainly yeah. in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's so much more to it than just this is how you should live your life. You know? but that separates Jesus, the teacher and rabbi versus Jesus, the son of God. Yeah. I mean, there's your, yeah. We, we do have some conversation going on, on the Facebook page. Those that are watching and listening yeah. and weighing in on the discussion. Uh, Deb Bell again says, I never thought I didn't have Jesus with me, but I understand the knowing the personal relationship. I understand that thinking, uh, our Pat, Pat Mickelberg says, I agree with the way Jacob just explained it. I feel Jesus is always with me. There have been times I have walked away, but I've always felt welcome back. Uh, and then Deb further says, it, perhaps if you substitute the word connection for relationship, it might be helpful. Uh, we can feel like we have a connection with Jesus because of what he has done for us, um, which makes it, again, we're talking semantics and a distinction there, but that could be helpful as well. Absolutely. Thank you for, for uh, being part of the discussion. Yeah. I might also say, like, I think sometimes we, when we talk about relationship with Jesus, um, I think it points back to the language thing in our own language. Um, we use that all the time. And, it, you know, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Um, you get accosted by the street evangelist or something, um, asking a question like that. And... The, you know, I think there's a, a vein of Christianity that emphasizes that to the point where that's all it's about. It's this personal relationship with Jesus. Um, do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? That That's the, that's the line. Um, when it's not, just, it's not just about that. It's not just about a personal relationship with Jesus, I, the personal relationship with Jesus is a means of transformation. That's a means of being, you know, that's being reconciled to, to God, being brought back into right relationship with God. And it's a means of being changed um, to be more of who we were created to be. Um, but I also think it, we, of course, we emphasize the personal autonomous nature of faith um, to a degree that no one in the first century would have. Um, mm. It was a kind of, it was a communal act, like being the church, doing church. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. No, it's, it's, you're, All you're right. Faith, yeah, it, it's about the semantics because you mentioned in the sermon this exact thing. How, you know, we say, have you been saved? And we put the emphasis on that that moment of professing faith 
as opposed to, you know, I think as you put it in the sermon, I have been saved. I am being saved. I will be saved. It's we, we, we get ourselves tied up in the language a lot of times to say the things that we to either it's, it's either tells on us. It tells us what we're actually focused on. Um, you're just focused on the You know, you're just focused on your baptism and you're not focused on what comes after or we get tangled up because we hear certain phrases or certain words and we and you know we've heard it it's exposure we've heard them enough so we start saying them and we don't think about is this accurately articulating what it is i'm trying to get across yeah yeah we're going deep (laughs) we are Good stuff. I like it. I like <laughs> yeah. it. This is what you well, get when you join in on a Tuesday night. So. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I also thought of um, when you were talking about when it says, you know, d- deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me, come and die. I was like, uh, yeah, sign me up for that because <laughs> that sounds awesome. So, again, it's, gonna, it's, it's you know, how, how do you convince people? of that. You know, if you were to say yeah. to somebody, following Jesus means, um, yeah, you're going to deny yourself and come and die. And I, I think we can use the, the marriage analogy, the you know, metaphor there. I mean, I, I remember I had friends, uh, when I was living in Kentucky or, you know, married and kids and, uh, we'd often talk, of course I was not married and, um, they would often say, like, if you want to know how to die to yourself, get married. Like, and, and you know, there again, this is a reflection of this relationship um, that Christ has with us. I mean, and, it, you know, being now married, it's so true. <laughs> I mean, you're constantly having to check your own, um, like, your your own selfishness, my own selfishness, Um and, and predispositions and whatever else um, because you're now living for and with another human being who you are committed, you are choosing to um, to love in that way. So, yeah, I, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. Isn't it? Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's so odd how, yes, Christianity is. It is a religion for the outsiders. It's for the outcasts. There, the Christ has plenty to say about the wealthy and the powerful. Um, it is a religion that calls us to empty ourselves of ourselves, to die to ourselves and become something totally different that has been and will continue to be scorned by society as a whole. And yet... It's, it's so odd to look at what Christianity has become, how, how, you know, the idea of dying to yourselves, how we've at times play martyr when we don't know martyrdom, not like the first century Christians for sure. It's just an odd, it's, it's odd to, to know how we started. It's odd to know who it is. This religion is for everybody but who the message was tailored to it's tailored to us it's tailored to you know those of us who have been lost and been found and it's just weird when we see it 
not be that. And it, you know, it makes me want to get up, <laughs> climb up on the roof and just scream. That's not it, you know, but it, it's, just, it's just, it's odd to see what we have embraced at times throughout, you know, and not just now. I mean, there's, there's 2000 years of history we can go back through, but it's odd to see what Christianity sometimes embraces. That is the antithesis of Christ's teachings. Yeah. I, there, there's a quote that is not referring specifically to the relationship between like theology and culture, but other things, but it, it, I think it can be applied as, you know, basically the, the theology that marries the political ideology, let's say of today will be the widow of tomorrow. Um, and that's been true throughout history, whether it's political ideology or whether it's cultural, the ebb and flow or of, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So, uh, Lori Johnson says, dying sounds so scary, but a new birth sounds good. So yeah, they, oh, that's the promise, yeah. right? Get through the scary part of the death, the suffering, the martyrdom, and so that you yeah. can be born again, remade in a new creation. Like Revelation talks about the second death, and I, I think it pointed that, that out a couple weeks ago, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or something. Yeah. But it, that second de- death is inconsequential. And what he's talking about in the second death is actual biological, physical death Mm -hmm. um, and how it is inconsequential after the first death. And that first death being um, death in Christ, you know, the sign of which is our baptism. So very good. A lot of good comments on Facebook tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Did you did you recruit everybody? Everybody heard you were going to be on tonight, Brad. So (laughs) they came ready. (laughs) <laughs> check it out. Uh, anything else any other thoughts or comments before we kind of start to wrap this discussion up I, I, I would say oh, go, ahead. go ahead go ahead Brad no go 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 <laughs> all right so here's something I've been struggling with a little bit but I definitely brought it up chewed on it it happened it, it happened to pop up again in our Sunday school lesson and and uh, we had a pretty lively discussion uh, with our Sunday school class about it, but when we're talking about the sacrificial love and dying to self and taking up my cross and following me and some of the other examples that Jesus gives, you know, like with the rich man and, you know, sell all your possessions and that kind of thing. And he went away sad and um, I have to go bury my father first and, you know, let the dead bury the dead, just come follow me. But it gets me to thinking, especially in this time right after Ash Wednesday and Lent and those kind of things is, Am I dying enough to myself? You know, and again, we're not, there's, there's not enough that we can do, right, to earn the, 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 the salvation, but you still, I still have those guilty feelings of, am I doing enough? Am I, am I giving enough? Am I doing enough? Am I, am I making Jesus happy? <laughs> you know, uh, am, am I being a good friend to Jesus in our relationship? <laughs> you know, um, Am I sacrificing enough? Am I taking up from my cross? And so I think it's a good self-check without trying to be, I guess, too hard on myself, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But how does everybody else feel in, in Jacob? Um, what we're supposed to do? Because like I said, my extreme example is sell everything, become a monk, you know, become a nun if you're a female, I guess, and just devote yourself to Christ completely. And since I'm not doing that, am I, am I, you know, am I doing enough? kind of a deal so okay so here's, here, here's what i told him and i said this in sunday school that if everybody 
devoted themselves, became a monk or a nun, humankind would cease to exist if everybody did that. <laughs> so, which is, so not, which is a valid point. <laughs> so not everybody can be a monk and a nun. We're not all called to do that. And I, and I did say, you know, I think we are all called to something. I 100% believe that I was called to be a teacher and how I do my job and the way that I can bring glory to Christ through my job is then how I bring the kingdom here. And that, you know, and that's the sacrificial love. And just, I mean, I think, I think everybody is called to something and then it's how you do that something, the way you do that, that, that points to Christ. Um, yeah. that's just what I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I think it is subjective in that sense. Um, I, I, I like what you said about just, you know, basically vocation. We all, we are not all called to the same life and, you know, thinking about being a, a, a monk or a hermit or something that that's a definitely a special calling, not a better calling, but just a different yeah. other calling. Um, but I, I think about that too, Brad, like, cause you know, relative to many, many other people, I live in poverty, right? Relative to the one percent, right? Right. Relative to the poorest of the poor, no way. <laughs> like I'm, I'm the one percent, um, and we're all the one percent. Um, so I struggle with that too. I mean, um, but I, I do think the Holy Spirit nudges us in that direction. The Holy Spirit witnesses with our, our spirit. Um, and that, and in that way, it's, it is a subjective thing, but if we choose the married life, which is a, it's a choice, um, it's one of the choices, um, we're choosing a life that entails some responsibility beyond just caring for that other person emotionally and spiritually and otherwise, um, there's some, and especially if we have kids and, uh, go down that route, um, there are some financial responsibilities and you know, that, that commits you to a certain life. Um, but it doesn't necessarily commit you to the Western American, you know, way of life that looks a certain way and has to look a certain thing. So yeah, I struggle with all of that with you. So. Yeah. I'd just like to thank Brad for giving me something else to think about <laughs> to add to the anxiety. No, just kidding. To your, to your, to your no, you're, no, you're, you're, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's all, wrapped into kind of what I was talking about earlier as well. It's the, you know, we've all had that moment in the shower where it's like, am I supposed to be out ministering to the homeless right now instead of taking a nice hot shower when it's, you know, right. sub freezing, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's something I think we all wrestle with. I think there's always, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I know anybody that sits there and says, yep. I am I'm doing, doing it. <laughs> all that I can. I am doing everything that I can possibly do. I mean, I think, I think, I think it's almost, almost like we, sh not that we should feel that way, but it's almost like it, it comes with it because you're always going. I feel like Christians should always want to be able to do more. There should, there are so many things out in the world right now that should break our hearts 
that we should always want to be doing more. And so it, it, it is, it's very easy to sit back and think, I'm not doing enough. There's no way I can be doing enough. Um, well, but then I think yeah. that also gets us to then look for more ways to, to do things. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I, and I think the question needs to be like right now, here and now, where I am at, um, how can I be more like Jesus? Yeah. And maybe on down the road, that will that transformation, that change, that maybe that will lead you to selling all your possessions and what, maybe that's something God will end up calling you to. But right now, here and now, right. what can I do to be more like Jesus? So, yeah, wherever we're at. Mm-hmm. Good question. Anything else? All right. Well, let's wrap up the discussion from this past Sunday. Let's take a look at the week ahead. Uh, up next, we've got a couple things going on on Wednesday night. So if you're watching us tonight on the live stream, that's tomorrow. If you're listening to this podcast sometime down the road, I hope you didn't miss it. It was Wednesday night. Uh, no, we've got uh, the youth. You guys, the the middle school and youth are meeting down at the fire pit tomorrow night at 630 to kind of re-kick off, re-get refocused uh, for the upcoming... <laughs> bring a chair bring some lighter fluid get on it no uh, so if you have a this is for ages it's because the middle school is involved what is what's the what's the grade or age what's the kind of the lower cutoff because it's not it, just youth fifth and sixth all the way up to senior in high school so f- five through 12. So if you're, yep, f- if you have a fifth grader through a senior in high school, uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, uh, that is the third of March, have them down at the fire pit at 6 30 PM to kick off a new, it's not a new year. It's not a new season. I don't know what to call it to, to get going, to get fired back up again about, uh, we're, about we're small weather. groups. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, also on Wednesday night, if you, if you do have a kid and they're gone and you've got some quiet in the house, or if you don't have one of those kids that age, uh, you can join us at 7 PM on zoom. Our disciple class on Wednesday nights continues, uh, wraps up. I think if we, at the pace we're going, it'll wrap up at the end of Lent, right? You know, Easter, uh, we'll kind of, you know, we'll do that last Zoom meeting and then it's Monday, Thursday, and then it's Easter. So uh, join us for that. The information to join the Zoom meeting is uh, in the e-newsletter. I believe it's on our website. I believe it'll be in social media posts as well tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, so check that out. If you haven't been a part of that, it is not too late to join. This is not like trigonometry where if you don't know how to do this you'll never get to do this this is something where you can jump in at any point so if for some reason you haven't been able to uh, join us for that on uh, on wednesday night this week we are discussing what i know i've read it but i can't remember what it was we were this is the about the methodist church a little bit right the methodist tradition right is, is that where we're at okay well the church church overall it'll be kind of the how the church has progressed through since kind of the beginnings. Um, and, and then with that, where our specific tradition comes out of where it comes from. And we'll, we'll get into probably more than the book actually gets into. So good. Very good. And this Sunday 
worship services at 8.30 and 11 in person, if you can join us for that. If you are unable or choose not to join us in person, we have the live stream of the 8.30 service available. It's live at 8.30, but you can come back to that at any point if you want to hear it. If you thought you heard something and you want to hear it again, if you are if you weren't sure if he really dropped a whoop, there it is reference in the sermon, uh, you can go back and listen later on. All of that's available. Um, and this was a commun- communion Sunday, so if you don't have communion elements at your disposal where you are, uh, swing by the church and pick those up sometime this week. Uh, this week's sermon, kind of give us a hint what it's about and uh, what scripture we'll be referring to this week. Yeah, so we'll be in both First Thessalonians chapter 5 and in Romans chapter 12, ma- mainly just the first couple verses of Romans 12. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the renewal of the mind. Um, you know, part of being transformed is being transformed wholly, holistically, which includes our minds. Um, so we're going to talk about what is entailed in the renewing of our minds, what is really meant by that. So, yeah. That'd... Can we get some uh, BLC or salt and pepper? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain for lyrics. <laughs> Oh, that was my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Well, I'll figure something out. I'll work something out. Some like 90s R&B or rap or something. So. We listen yeah. for it. Yeah, I used to give Brad Tummins a word. This is totally off subject. I used to go waiting for Joy to come back. I was. I used to give Brad Tummins a word to say in these podcasts. And I would listen for it. He'd work it into the conversation. It was great. What was the most? What was the most outlandish word? I only. I don't think I only gave him like two, and then something happened. But like the very first one that I gave him was whippersnapper. Whippersnapper. (laughs) And he did it. He worked it in. That's easy. Something about when he was a young whippersnapper as a kid at church. Yeah, I can't remember the second one I gave him. I think it was a little more difficult. That's uh, perfect. I can't remember, but yeah, he, he did a pretty good job with it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. So yeah, that'll be this week. Renewal of the mind. Yeah. Joey can't hear you. Joey Micron. Hello, I'm back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> at nine o'clock at night, a kid's in there going, Dad, where are my glasses? Like, seriously, I'm doing this podcast. I thought you were done. <laughs> Was I in the house? All right. Yeah. Good times. You want to know about dying to yourself? Have three children. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anything else for this week? Anything else for the good of the group? Anything else coming up that, uh, that maybe you're looking forward to in the next week or so? I can't. I just want to. Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's all right. No, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. No, I just, I'm super excited to be getting back together with the kids um, they, yeah, I can't tell you how many times they have asked me, when do we get to meet in person again? And so I, I am so glad that it's, the weather is getting nicer and hopefully we can make this happen closer to a weekly basis again. Cause, yeah. cause we need it. Yep. Yep. That's good. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week, unless anybody's got anything else. Nothing. Just getting through it. All right. 
Well, in whatever form it takes, uh, we look forward to worshiping with you, to fellowshipping with, fellowshipping with you, whether it's in person at a fire pit, in person on Sunday mornings, online on the Zoom uh, discipleship classes here for these live streams and podcasts, uh, whatever it is. We appreciate the time we get to spend together, uh, not only us, but with you as well, uh, being a part of the discussion. A lot of good discussion tonight on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, for Pastor Jacob, for Melissa, and for Brad, again, my name is Joey Mills. May the peace of Christ be with you this week.